Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You are listening to the Forex Beginner Podcast. My name is Calvin, the new trader, and I went from watching random videos online about Forex and losing thousands in the live market to now, a year and a half later, knowing exactly when to get into trades, growing my accounts consistently. And now... On this podcast, I look forward to sharing with you my journey and everything that I've learned about trading in the foreign exchange market. So buckle up your seatbelts, get ready, because today's episode is about to start. So the key there is from the beginning, you have to have a vision of being able to make money as a funded trader, not just, okay, let me just buy a bunch of courses and let me say that I'm, you know, I'm a Forex trader, but I'm not making money. I'm just buying this course. I'm buying that, buying this, spending a bunch of money, but no money's coming in. And then after three years, I'm still at that same place. No money has been brought in from being a funded trader. I've just been buying this, buying that. And I'm trying to reduce my tax bill by saying, Hey, this is my business. But in actuality, I never made money or I never really, (laughs) um, had the intention to bring in money. I'm just spending money. You know what I mean? Is that what you're saying? Basically? You brought up a very good point. I was just talking to, um, to, um, another colleague of mine about this yesterday. So, um, how the hour is set up for right now, um, for everybody, every business, except a farming business, you out of, out of, the first three out of five years that you start your business, day trading, whatever business that you're doing, whoever you listen to this, you may be doing forex trading about to open up a daycare or whatever you're doing. Um, if you have, if you're not, if you're not showing any income in three of those five years, the IRS can look at what you're deducting as on your schedule C, whatever, as a hobby instead of a for-profit business. So if you're deducting, you know, you know, this AU five years straight, which I've seen before, where you have, you know, maybe five dollars of income, but then you got ten, fifteen thousand dollars of expenses, you know. So you're always doing a net a net operating loss every year. So with that, they can go back and audit audit your tax return within the you know the three year um deadline, which I can get into another time, and then go back and say, Well, we're only gonna allow you to deduct up to your income. So if it's a hobby, if you made five dollars, we're not gonna allow you to deduct five hundred dollars. So you can net your hobby, your hobby income to zero. But the other ten thousand that you're doing, car, truck, whatever other expenses, you're gonna get that added back into your income. And then you're gonna get a a nice letter saying that you owe this money, you need to pay by this certain amount of time for we don't garnish any wage, wages or anything such as that. So be mindful of that. Whatever you get into Forex or not, that you that you make, that you're showing that you're making some money. So don't look you just Kind of lower your taxable income, kind of what um, Calvin alluded to, and and what I've seen personally from people doing that, and then we kind of get them on the back end that you owe all this money because you're not really in business to make money; you're just in business to you know you just made a business just to lower your tax liability. 
Perfect. Love it. Love that. And um, so a fair summary of that is traders, please have an intention to be profitable as a trader. All right. Um, have an intention to to really make this a business, especially when you're looking to get funded because it's good. You know, it's a really good opportunity here. Um, next thing I want to talk to you about is uh, so you've helped. I'm sure you've helped a lot of families file their taxes and different things like that. Um, what would you say? And I'm trying to find my wording here. Um, but what would you say is from the IRS side of things when you're looking at a person that maybe has some 1099 income and also has some W-2 income? So for those traders out there that may be funded or looking to get funded or whatnot, but they still have a job. And now let's say they get funded and they're starting to bring in some money on that 1099 side. Um, what are some issues or some red flags that may pop up in terms of your tax bill when you have a W-2 where, of course, your employer is taking out those taxes? And then you also have this 1099 that's coming in where no taxes is being paid until it's time to pay the taxes. What like red flags do you see pop up for you as somebody that audits uh, uh, the tax returns and things like that? Yeah, great question, Calvin. Um, a lot of people are, I'm going to say, well, maybe unfamiliar or ignorant to the fact that when you're a 1099 independent contractor, that more more often times than not, you're not going to have tax withheld. You can tell who's ever paying your independent contractor to withhold taxes. But if you don't do that, it's customary that we're going to give you your income. There's no tax being withheld. And if you have a W-2 um, job as well, so basically they're taxing you based off, you know, whatever your filing status, single, married, filing jointly, you know, head of household, whatever. So they don't know you're making all this other income. So it's on you, you know, to, to double check. I got $100,000 from Forex. I got $100,000 in W-2 income, but my W-2 income, $100,000, I already got, you know, $30,000, $40,000 of taxes withheld from that. So the, my best advice to anybody that had, that's in that situation to make sure you go to your W-4 of holders, which you can change, um, you know, throughout the year, any time of the year, and increase that. So you have less money coming home from your W-2 paycheck, but you're also setting up buffer for whatever taxes you may owe from your 1099 income. That's if you don't want to set aside, what we talked about earlier, that 30% in that account. So there are many ways to, you know, skin the cat, like they said, but you just want to be mindful of that, that you're so focused on that W-2 or so used to having that W-2 that you forget that your 1099 is untaxed income. I mean, there's no income being withheld from it. And then you hit with a big tax liability. And another thing I'll say to that, if you're self-employed, you want to pay your quarterly estimated taxes, um, you know, which is due every quarter. And there's, we can go, I can go on about the quarterly taxes, but it's there for you to pay it, you know, but I can see some people may not do that because they may feel they may not owe taxes on that. But everybody that knows and listen to this as a forex trader, you ended to make money. And if you're putting your money in to fund it, you know, you're not you're not wasting your own money. So I know we're in here to win it, to make money and to advance this forex um, thing, get out of these nine to fives, get that time, the freedom of time, um, you know, that we all that we all want. So, yeah, that's my advice. That's my advice on that. Perfect. So I personally did not do the quarterly taxes this past year. Um, so. No, I didn't do it. Um, I am looking to do it this year. Um, what are pros and cons? Because I did hear that I could be penalized for not doing it. Um, so is there a certain income bracket 
that will get penalized if they don't do the quarterly taxes? Um, or is it just a recommendation that the IRS makes that you do quarterly taxes or is it mandatory? And will I be penalized because I didn't do it? Cause I didn't file my taxes yet. Um, it's, it's like, I wouldn't, it's not mandatory. You're not going to go, you're not going to, they're not going to, um, come after you if you don't file quarterly taxes. Cause at one point in time, I didn't, I wasn't following quarterly taxes for, for, um, tax care affiliates, but. As far as that, it's really just to kind of set up, well, before I say that, the government, they want their money. They want their money all throughout the year. They all that. But on the second note, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you'll understand that the more money you have to put in your business, you know, that's good for you. You don't want to be getting out your money doing the quarterly taxes to IRS or whatnot. That just, for me, for me personally, um, understand the business as well as an entrepreneur. So as far as the quarterly tax, yes, you can get hit with some penalties. And it's, it's not really based on your income. Any income that's over, any income that you have that's over $1,000 of tax liability, under $1,000 of tax liability of income, then you're not going to worry about paying quarterly taxes. The IRS is not going to worry about you didn't pay quarterly taxes on $1,000 or less. So everybody in the game, you should be making way more than 1000 If you have W-2, you're making way more than that anyway. So you just want to be mindful of, yeah, just be, just be mindful of, of those of those taxes and be mindful of what you're doing and mindful of there may be certain penalties, but if you feel that you may end up with a loss, an actual loss, um, not that you're trying to take advantage of the tax, the tax system, the actual loss, then you may forego paying that quarterly taxes because you want to have more money throughout the year for your investments, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That makes sense. And I must say, man, I'm actually looking forward to paying my taxes this year. <laughs> this is probably going to be the first year that I'm going to owe the IRS a nice check and I'm actually looking forward to writing it and paying it because I've been doing well. You know, I got the, I have my tax account set up. The money is there. But anyway, um, next question I wanted to ask you, Jerry, is what are red flags that make someone like yourself go audit a independent contractor? Perfect. And before I answer that question, I just want to touch base on what you just said just now about um, that you're actually going to be paying out some money to IRS. And that's that's something, you know, I didn't know at first was a good thing. I'm going to say it again. Paying taxes is a good thing. Not paying taxes to the government. Forget the political, whatever stuff. I'm just saying paying taxes is a good thing because all the wealthy people, they pay taxes. They're just trying to lower their tax liability. But you don't hear Warren Buffett. You don't hear, I mean, you heard about the ex-president. I mean, we don't know what he's doing with that. He ain't had no taxes, but everybody we know, name anybody, Bill Gates, whatever, they pay in taxes. They're just trying to lower how much they pay in tax because they make so much money. It's good to pay tax. That means you're doing good. Like Calvin said, you're doing good in your business. So, um, and that's that's one frame of mind that I just want to get people on, even a lot of, I'm trying to get a lot of peers on as well, that if you're doing good, you want to pay taxes. If you're getting a refund, Think about this. If you're getting a refund, that means you're giving the government tax-free loans of your money throughout the year, and they're only giving you a small percentage of that back. So they're actually, it's like they're investors. It's like you're investing in the government, and then they say, here's a little bit of change back. You're not getting dollar for dollar back. So think about that. If you're getting a refund, that means you paid out too much to the government. So as far as, um, but to answer your question, um, red flags as far as, you know, if our audit is coming, if we choose to audit something, um, the big thing for us is, which may not be a big deal for um, for a trader, depending on, you know, what you're doing, but car and truck expenses, 
because, you know, whether you're doing actual expenses or doing the um, IRS mileage reimbursement that they have every year, it's a different amount. Um, maybe 58 cents per mile, you get reimbursement. Um, maybe 60, it kind of fluctuates. I'm not sure who chooses that number. But car and truck expenses is a hot button with us. Um, meals, you know, meals entertainment. Um, as of 2018, um, you cannot deduct any entertainment expenses. So if you, they say you have a client, they say, you know, you know, Calvin, you may have a client for us. You're talking to the business with somebody. I'm going to buy you tickets to the Miami Heat game. You used, to be, you used to be able to deduct that, but since 2018 with the Task Cousin Jobs Act, you cannot deduct that. And of course, you can deduct alcohol, but you know, the meals, um, you get 50% deduction for that, but you want to make sure you document. If me and Calvin sit down for a meal, I'm putting down on my receipt or have documentation somewhere. Me and Calvin ate for a meal, we discussed Forex. We discussed his um, how to expand his, his Forex trading courses. So we have a reason why we ate and have a detailed bill. We had steak, whatever. Oh, alcohol. Okay. Well, we know we encounter alcohol, but we see it's um, broken out. How are we going to deduct our um, our meal expenses? And and I would say this income, income, because as a revenue agent, we're really coming after your income to make sure that you're not underreporting your income. Expenses, that's pretty much yay or nay, but income, if you don't have a 1099, just like for my business, I don't get a 1099 because I'm providing a service. To some people, but some business owner they may give me to nine nine if we're you know if the service is over six hundred dollars, but they may not do that. So as far as the income wise, you got to make sure that you're accounting for your income and you're not um, underreporting it. So that's a hot button that we may ask for your personal bank statements. Long we might ask, we're gonna ask for all your bank statements, personal savings, interest, foreign accounts. If you have that, just to verify that you're not trying to hide business income in your personal accounts which kind of goes back to what I said earlier to keep your personal and business accounts separate. You know, so when we look at that, okay, this is Calvin's personal income. This is clearly his Forex, you know, independent contractor funded trading business income. Okay. He'd accounted for his income correctly. We can match the bank statements or whatever he gave us to his tax return. As far as income, he did not underreport any income. So that is something you want to look at contract expenses, your gross receipts for your income as well. And having the documentation, if you get paid a 1099, make sure you account for that. If you do any credit card, you know, process credit card sales or whatever, you should get a 1099K. So make sure you get in those forms from the respective people and make sure you're accounting for those on your um, on your tax return so they match up what the IRS should have received from the person who gave you that 1099K or the other 1099 miscellaneous documents. That's perfect. 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 Um, yeah, I was going to ask about my heat game. So, man, because <laughs> when I go my part, I, you know, I always take a friend with me. So, man, <laughs> I got to eat that one. <laughs> um, so the next question I want to ask is about those meals. So I heard that meals were 100 percent deductible this year. Is that true? Well, that but that is still trying to um, approve that. But I, I'll definitely touch back and confirm that before. Um, as far as I know, it's still been 50% uh, meals. The only time it's really been 100%, um, from my knowledge, is if you're a business and you're taking your employees all out, you know, for, you know, some type of friend benefit. We're all going out. This is our, our employee lunch and meal. Um, we pay for the whole thing through our business. So that's 100% deductible in that case. We're not doing like an individual meal or lunch. Um, but I will double um, double back with you to, to, double, to check on that. But as far as, now I can confirm it's still 50% as far as, 
you know, you're taking somebody out. It's not just for you. So if Calvin goes out to eat, I go out to eat by myself. I spend a hundred dollars. I can't deduct fifty percent of that. I got to be eating with Calvin or or my my wife, business partner, or a potential tax client, or you know, and let them know that I paid for the whole meal itself, and I can deduct fifty percent of that at that point in time. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of gray areas, so I can see why mileage and meals is what you guys focus on. Um, so going into the cars and things like that. Um, one of the things that I find appealing is that you can actually purchase a vehicle in your business name. Um, how does that process work in terms of taxes? So let's just say I'm a funded trader and let's say I used, um, a good chunk of what I made from my funded accounts this year to purchase a used vehicle. Um, and let's just say that vehicle cost me $6,000, right? It was a used vehicle. It cost me about $6,000. I paid it cash. I didn't finance it or anything like that. How would I go about writing that on my tax return? And how much of that vehicle would I be able to deduct this year um, when filing for my taxes? Um, The first, first it, this, this be aware of all the moves you're making as far as um, in case of audit. Always keep that in the back of your mind. So if you bought a vehicle, whether you bought the vehicle on your business or for you, vehicle for business purposes you want to make sure whatever you put on there if you're saying i've used this vehicle 100 for business use you better be able to prove that you know so just because it's under your llc on the business name if based on us looking at industry knowledge of what you're doing looking at industry knowledge of forex traders if it doesn't make sense that you have that much mileage if it basically looking at terms like well he's a day trader he's mostly at home he got fifty thousand dollars of miles he don't teach any courses or nothing so how, he can't probably have this many miles. Something seems fishy. So we're going to, that'll be one of the hot buttons, the rare fact that we want to ask for information to audit. So um, let's say, for example, our, we had a business vehicle when we, before the pandemic, when we wasn't doing everything virtually and we had an office um, before I started working with the IRS. Um, my mileage, basically I was doing mileage about maybe like 35% of the time. That's kind of a number I came up with. There's no um, direct method or straightforward method. If you feel that you're using the vehicle 35, 50, if you feel you're using the vehicle 70% of the time and you feel you can prove that, then prove that. But one thing I would say, never, never put, and I always encourage, you know, client, never put anywhere near 90, definitely 100% on your tax return showing that you use a personal vehicle that's used for business 100% of the time. Because it's like, well, how do you pick up your kids? Do you go here? Do you got multiple vehicles that you don't use? You know, most of us not rich like that, but we got, yeah, I, I got to drive a car, a different car every day. So that's going to be a, um, a questionable item on your return. And if you have it on your business and it's a bona fide, you use that, like copy in your example, use that vehicle just to go, well, I got to go visit clients or potential partners to, you know, the, to help me with the forest and whatnot. And I just drive that vehicle 100% of the time just for business. I don't use it for no personal things at all. Then in your tax return, you let your taxpayer know I use it 100% of business business usage, so you'll get 100% deduction of that. So as far as your vehicle, whether it's personal or business, you're going to need to be able to depreciate that vehicle. So you get depreciated if it's 100% use, you'd depreciate your vehicle because the IRS, I'm uh, IRS depreciation rules. Um, it's a five, every, every personal vehicle depreciates in five years. So you depreciate that vehicle for five years and you get that appreciation for those five years so it's fully depreciated. But if you say you use that vehicle 50% of the time, they say your depreciation for each year is 2000 
half of that is 1000 So that's what you'll actually put on your, with your tax preparer, if you do it yourself, um, should only account for 50% of that deduction since 50% of that vehicle is being used for business and other 50% is used for personal in that case. That's perfect. Perfect. Also, let's talk about internet because as traders, that's the bulk of what we do. Like we use the internet, we're watching charts, we're using the Wi-Fi on our cell phone, you know, looking at MetaTrader 4, we're consuming material online, courses, you know, YouTube videos, this podcast, you know what I'm saying? Um, as a business expense, how much of a internet bill can I write off, especially if I have a home-based business? Oh, great question. Um, there's a, a form 8829, the home office business deduction that you are allowed, that you're allowed if you have a, um, if you're a self-employed and have your business. So how's that work? The ratio of the city you get, you don't get a hundred percent. If I spending, if I spend $5,000 on my internet, you don't get to deduct 5,000 right off the bat for your internet expense. The ratio of your square footage of your home office and then your entire home. If your if your home office is a hundred square feet and your entire house square footage is a thousand, so you got 10 percent of that. So you're using ten percent of your house as far as your home business. So so that five thousand dollars of internet expense, you have internet, you don't usually have it just for your office, is going out to your whole house. So therefore you can't deduct hundred percent of that. You you'll be able to deduct ten percent of that five thousand. And that's what you'll have on your tax return as far as your um, it will be indirect expense of what you're doing as a home based business. But say you bought a desk that you only have in that computer in the computer room or wherever you do your business at. That'll be 100 percent write off because you're not taking this desk and using it in the living room and in the kitchen. You're not, I'm hoping you're not moving all around, do all that. But and then say you bought the Internet. Well, the Internet. Yeah, let me try to because you can't when they, when they wire your house, they can't wire your house just for one room. I don't know about actually corporations and businesses. They might have, well, this internet works here. We've got another link here. But as far as your house, when they set it up, it's going to be running out through your house, whether you use it just for your office or not. So you'll know that you're only get a percentage of all your expenses. If you're paying rent, um, your mortgage interest, um, utilities, water bill, um, you know, all those things you pay to run your house based on that square footage divided by your square footage, your whole house, you'll get that percentage. If it's 10%, based on our example, you'll get 10% of that of all your total costs, including in your, um, on your schedule C for your self-employment, um, for your business as a trader or whatever business that you're doing. Perfect. Perfect. So I have a little gray area situation where when I first started in, uh, uh, trading, I would meet so many people, so many traders. And so we would connect. And then of course, when I started the course and things like that, and I just started to meet a lot of people. And so, and then the same thing happened with my business as well. Uh, my media company, I would go to conferences. I would meet a whole bunch of people and I'll, you know, I'll have to talk about, I can only do one thing at a time. So, um, a couple of years ago, I made a decision that I need to get a business phone where it's strictly for business. So when I'm home, I got my personal phone by me in case mom calls, you know, sister or a family member emergency, but the business, I can leave that phone somewhere else. So I don't mix, you know, business with personal time. And so what happened was I went to get a, another phone that was just for business and they offered me a deal. He said, listen, if you buy this phone, um, we'll charge you for this, for just this phone, but we'll give you an additional line for absolutely free. 
So all you're going to do is just pay for this phone and we're going to give you another line for free and you won't be charged for the other line. So what I did was I swapped my personal phone number to that second line that they gave me. And so I'm essentially pay, but I paid for my business phone. If you get what I'm saying, I went to that carrier buying a business phone. All I had to do was pay for that phone and they gave me a second line for free. And they said the bill would be zero as long as I maintained the bill for that first phone. So my bill is only $125 uh, like dollars, which is the normal cost of a phone bill, right? But I got two lines. So in that case, um, because I'm not paying for that, I'm not paying for that second line. It's complimentary, right? <laughs> when I file for my business phone, am I deducting that full $125 a month or do I still have to split that in half? I would say I've deducted that in full based on what you're saying. Can we, if you're auditing, like, well, let, explain to me why you're doing this. I mean, that's part of, you got the floor. I got this complimentary. It's extra dime. I don't need two additional business lines. I don't need two business lines. This I use for my personal part of the package deal. You'll ask, you'll ask for the contract, say the contract. I'm paying for this business line. They gave me additional line, which I can do whatever I want to do with it. I can prove all the calls on this business line is, is business. Everything on this personal line is personal because we may ask for both of those. Okay, well, we have no problem, Calvin. You proved to us that you use for business and that 125 is directly based on this. And the promotion was you got an extra line that you can do whatever you want to do with that. So I don't see an issue. If I was audited, I don't see an issue with that based on your explanation and the documents proving that you got an extra free line based on what you're doing. Oh, perfect. Man, you're making me feel good, man. <laughs> hey, Jerry. That has been some valuable information. So is there anything that you want to share with us um, that's on your heart or just any tips or anything that you want to share? And definitely let us know um, if there's a trader listening right now, somebody that just wants more information on taxes, let them know how they can get in contact with you um, or anything like that. The floor is yours, my brother. Perfect, Calvin. Thank you. Um, I'll just say, you know, don't be afraid of paying taxes. It's good. Like I said earlier, the wealthy, they pay taxes. You just want to Learn how to lower your tax liability. And if you're getting refunds, they're pretty much you're giving the IRS hold of your money all year, all year long, and then they're giving you some of that back. You're not getting off a dollar if you look at it. But as far as that, um, tax care for this is a business that me and my wife um, started, and she's been moved more to the forefront of it again since I'm, a lot of my time working with the IRS, but I still help, help with her as needed. But um, we filed taxes, small business taxes, individual taxes, whether you have a business or not, you know, Schedule C's, Schedule E's for um, rental properties. We have a partnership, S Corp, C Corp, and we filed those all as well. And um, and then we do 1099 filings, so, which is always due by January 31st of each year. And we follow with IRS and also we can send it out to your independent contractors. Um, so with that in mind, you know, I will also tell everybody, get somebody that you trust to do your taxes, get a, if it's not a CPA, I'm a CPA or get an EA, EA, they specialize in tax. That's all they do. CPA, we kind of, you know, um, a jack of all trades. We do taxes, business stuff as well. Um, then, um, if, and if you don't want a CPA or EA, you will make sure you get whoever you're preparing your taxes is somebody that power their, that's passed their annual filing, um, tax repair agreements, I have a P10 that their actual taxpayer, you can go look up CPAs and EAs, um, for the state to make sure they ain't been disbarred, whatever. Um, they have no records of doing anything wrong or fraudulently to their tax preparers. Also, for your regular tax preparer, make sure they have a real PTN. Um, that's just advice I give to everybody. So if you don't deal with me, I still want to make sure nobody is um, 
is taken advantage of because I do a lot of cases where the tax preparer prepared this thing for them and then what they prepared with ours is totally different. And now the onus, and without one thing I will tell everybody, doesn't matter who prepares your taxes, the responsibility of whatever the tax liability is, is on you. So just say, I'm not gonna use me as an example because I don't, I don't do any bad, but if you have a tax repair that said, I'm gonna do this for you or go or, or put this down in tax return, you're not gonna get caught, I'm gonna make a business for you. And they're the one that did that, they may have done it to other tax repairs. We're gonna come to you and say, you still owe this $20,000 tax liability, how you wanna pay it, installments, or whatever, we're gonna garnish your wages. But that's on you to look at your return and make sure you sign your return, either physically or electronically. Look at what you see, especially if you get a big refund. You're not used to getting a refund. How did you do this? If we were working with Jerry, how did I get a big refund? Why have a Schedule C? Look at these questions, not get so focused on getting that now money that you end up getting audited two or three years later. And then you get hit with this big tax liability and you already spent that refund money. And IRS, we don't really care because you should have looked at these tax returns before you signed it. I'll let this person file it for you. But other than that, to reach and get in contact with Task Care Affiliates, um, myself, Jerry Dawson, you can reach the phone number, the business phone number, 469-431-1631. Um, my website is www.taxcarecareaffiliates.com. That's Tax Care Affiliates, just how it sounds. We're on Facebook, also LinkedIn. Just look up Tax Care Affiliates. And um, also, you can email us. You want to email at customer service, just how it sounds, at taxcareaffiliates.com. And those are the three ways you can reach me. And also, that 469 431 1631 business number is also a Google business number. So you also can text that number. It will go to either me or my wife's phone, and we will respond back to you accordingly within, you know, definitely within 24 hours. And those are the ways you can contact me. It's a virtual process. Everything is secured. Um, we can walk you through that. And we would like to earn your business for anybody who's looking for um, CPA or test preparer outside of what they have now. Or if they don't have one, definitely when they definitely have somebody in your corner that knows their taxes. If they know them better than you, like Cobb said earlier, you want somebody smarter than you in the room. If you have a little bit of taxes, get somebody smarter than you in taxes so you have a little bit of security or peace of mind when it comes to tax returns, especially when we start making all this money with this Forex stuff after this course is done. <laughs> That's all I got for you, Cobb. Let's go, Jerry. Man, I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an interview with Jerry Dawson, uh, tax professional, and uh, also working with the IRS. So we got the best of both worlds. This is not somebody who thinks this or that. This is somebody that's literally has experience doing taxes and also works for the people that audits the taxes. And actually, he's in a department that actually audits the taxes. So we got the best like literally we got the best of both worlds here so definitely this this uh episode has added so much value and uh jerry my brother thank you man uh i know you're going out of town so i probably won't catch you on the coaching call tonight but uh be safe and we'll talk soon brother